Welcome to the Irresistible You podcast. This is the place to get a dose of empowerment to create the life you crave and deserve. I'm your host, Amy Beltran, CEO and founder of Irresistible University. Through my podcast and signature program, I teach women just like you how to ditch the body image issues, gain confidence, and lose the emotional weight to look and feel irresistible at any size. If you like the podcast, you're going to love my coaching program. If you would like to learn more about it, including the investment, see what's included, get real client testimonials, and to sign up and enroll, please head over to irresistibleicing.com slash course. That link is also in the show notes. All right, y'all, welcome back. This is going to be episode 183 of the Irresistible You podcast, and today... We are talking about how to spot the difference between paper tigers and real tigers. What does that even mean? We're going to get into it. (laughs) So just for a second, I want you to just do some imagining for me, okay? I want you to imagine that you're a cave woman and you've got your like, you're like sexy cave woman skirt on, okay? And you're walking around the forest and you're looking for some berries and all of a sudden, you look down this path and all of a sudden there's this massive saber tooth tiger just staring at you, like stalking you. What do you do in that moment? Well, your brain has this really cool ability to protect you and it goes into fight or flight mode. Most of us know this, right? And when that happens, you feel that, you know, your heart, you feel like your heart drops, you have adrenaline just surging through your body and your like organs and your, your breathing and everything is just elevated and goes into overdrive so that your body can do what it needs to do to either fight or flight. So it's revving up to give you the strength to be able to fight this tiger or the strength to run like you have never run before to get away from it. This is necessary, and this has kept humans alive. It, it keeps us alive on a daily basis, right? As much as we don't like dealing with fear, if we didn't have fear, it would actually be very dangerous, okay? But let's put it in today's, the context of today, right? We may not have saber-toothed tigers walking around, okay? But, but the threats that we experience today are like, you know, deadlines, asshole bosses, taxes, financial issues, challenges with family, uh, trauma, stress, you name it, right? We've all got examples that we could share. That's just to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about. So these essentially have become our new saber-toothed tigers, these things that bring us a great deal of stress and anxiety into our life. The problem is is that our brain, while it it has evolved quite a bit, it still doesn't know the difference. And neuroscientists have even done studies on this and have discovered that the part of the brain that reacts during that fight or flight response to a saber-toothed tiger is the same part of the brain that gets activated during a trauma. Trauma or stress or, you know, financial loss. Like that's a That's just what I was using as an example. Um, You know, any type of loss, stress, trauma, what have you, right? It's the same part of our brain. And so our brain doesn't really know the difference between that threat 
we like we can logically know that, right? And that's really what we're going to talk about today is how do we, you know, take a moment of pause, determine what kind of tiger we're dealing with, and then have a plan to go through it, okay? The first thing we really have to do is we have to differentiate between a paper tiger and a real tiger because in today's world, they are paper tigers, right? They're not real. <laughs> I hope not. I hope you're not getting stalked by tigers out in the woods because girl, I don't know what you're doing if you are. Um, so they're paper tigers, right? And so the term paper tiger, it just refers to that fight or flight response where our brain doesn't know the difference between a real tiger or a paper tiger, if you will. Okay. So one of the first things we're going to have to do here is we're going to have to decide so when we get that moment of fight or flight and we, you know, we read an email that makes us really edgy and you get, and you know what I'm talking about, right? You get that surge of adrenaline, your heart starts pumping really fast. You just feel like you're going to explode, right? When that happens, when you feel that stress, you're going to have to determine, can this physically harm me? Because if it can't physically harm me, it's a paper tiger, Okay. And walking yourself through this. So how do you respond? So we know that we go into fight or flight, right? We also go into, we can go into, um, freeze. So I like to think of it three ways. We go into fight, freeze, or flight. Let's put this in context of the podcast and our topics around weight, body image, and all the things. Okay. You're flight skills, which means you're trying to run away from the problem. When you encounter a paper tiger nowadays in your life and you go into flight mode, what does that look like? Well, it looks like emotional eating. It looks like binge eating. It looks like denial. It looks like avoidance, just trying to ignore and walk away from the problem without ever solving the problem in the first place. Okay. When we go into fight mode, we're not going into fight mode in a healthy way. We're doing it because think about this is a very drastic difference, right? Fight or flight. So in the fight mode, it's a super aggressive approach to the tiger, the paper tiger. And we try to go from zero to a hundred, you know, think about weight loss. We try to make all these changes as quickly as possible. We desperate diet. We punish ourselves. We, you know, give our give give ourselves these insane deadlines that are not realistic. And we go into that fight mode thinking, if I just keep my head down, if I just, you know, hustle the hustle down the scale, if I just desperate diet, this tiger can no longer hurt me and I'll get the weight off. Okay. There's also that in-between part that I was talking about, right? There's the in-between, which is freeze. What does that look like? It's just what it means. Like you freeze, you do nothing. You see this stress, you see this problem, and you do nothing about it. You just stay. It's like the cycle that we talk about, right? You stay in that cycle of you know, the yo-yo diet, body, hate, shame cycle, you stay inside your wet blanket of misery because you're too scared to move. You're too scared to do anything. 
And when we think about paper tigers, right, this, this process that we talked about, right, fight or flight, is an amazing phenomenon. It keeps us alive as humans. It, it, it's great. But when it comes to paper tigers, it's not great because it's putting us at extreme ends of the spectrum where none of it makes sense. None of it is resolving the paper tiger, okay? So what do we do when this stuff happens? Okay, number one, you have got to get yourself out of this knee-jerk, autopilot, fight-or-flight mode in the first place. Because a lot of times, you know, you're just, you're going through life, you're going through the, the motions, and you're not taking time to even recognize all these, like, all these tigers that are just coming down your path every single day. You're just overreacting, or you're not reacting at all, or you're avoiding, right? Fight, flight, or freeze. So, we first have to like tune in to what's going on. And I always think about that within Irresistible You and the framework and everything is that number one, like you have got to just like come back to reality for a minute. You've got to face that tiger and recognize it that it's even standing there because so many of you don't even want to admit that it's standing there staring you down. Okay. So number one, recognize the tigers before you even react, before you even react. And you're like, okay, is this real? Is this a real tiger or is this a paper tiger? And a real tiger in this scenario, obviously we're not talking real tigers, but a real tiger would be something that is life-threatening, something that is going to endanger your life or hurt you physically or someone that you love. Okay. And I think, you know, uh, when I think about this process, when it's a real tiger, okay, how I know that it's a real tiger is everything else in my life becomes unimportant because it's just about survival in that moment of figuring out what to do. And I think of cats type one diabetes diagnosis a lot when I think of this concept, because we were going on, we were living life, we were doing things, we were, I mean, we were at Walmart buying stuff for the pool an hour before we found out at the doctor. And as soon as that moment happened, and she tells us, you have got to get to the emergency room immediately, everything in my life outside of that tiger became unimportant to me. Not that it was going to be unimportant long-term. It's just in that moment, there was a life-threatening tiger staring me down and I've got to figure out how to fight this thing. Okay. And I just remember like we didn't work for like a, almost a month because we were just, there was so much going on and so much we had to learn and she was going through so much. and It was a very traumatic time. So in that moment and that month, that moment meaning a month, even a little bit longer, you know, things started piling up around me because they were not important because my, my daughter's life was being threatened. That was a very real tiger. And until I got that bitch tame, meaning the tiger, until I tamed that bitch and put, put it down, I was in fight or flight mode, just survival mode. I talked a lot about that on the, on the podcast um, during that time frame. And so you have to like recognize is this a real tiger 
am I being threatened? Like my life, my kid's life, my family's life? Am I being harmed physically? Am I being abused? Those are real effing tigers, okay? Paper tigers are, okay, I'll use a, I'm always using my real examples on here. The other day, it was one of those days where all of a sudden the deadlines were just, they caught up to me. I thought I had more time. I read the schedule wrong. I had this thing that had to get done. Um, you know, I had a meeting on the calendar. I was trying to, and it was in, late in the afternoon. So Frank is at work. I'm trying to coordinate how I'm going to get Javi to stay. Like it was just a hot mess where I came in my office and I literally, my heart was racing out of my chest. I couldn't breathe. I was crying and I stopped in that moment and I'm like, whoa, 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 this feeling that you're feeling right now, we made a promise to ourselves years ago. We're not doing this anymore. I'm not going to put myself in a position to have cardiac arrest because of someone else's problems. Uh-uh, we're not doing that. And I said, is it really this serious? Because in that moment, when you're stressed and when you're, ability to do something impacts somebody else, it feels like the biggest problem in the world, right? You know what I mean? But I had to ask myself, wait a second. It's really not that serious. Are people going to die from this? No. Are people going to be injured from this? No. Are people's egos going to be hurt? Yeah. So what? Like that's not a real tiger. This is a paper tiger. It is not going to harm you. You have to get your emotions in check. And I have told you guys so many times on here, one of the number one skills that you can learn to master your life, to become irresistible you, is to learn how to manage your damn emotions. No one is taught how to do this. We're not taught how to manage our emotions. And when you know how to manage your emotions, it doesn't mean that you don't experience tigers because you're going to experience this to the day you die. What it means is you can see in that moment, whoa, I'm overreacting. Let me take a step back from this. Let me like really put this in perspective for a second. Is this going to matter a week from now, a month from now, a year from now? What's really at stake here? That's emotional balancing. That is emotional management. And when you are an emotional eater, and you're stuck in this yo-yo diet, body hate, shame cycle, chances are you haven't learned how to manage your emotions, clearly, right? So that's kind of like in that moment, recognizing, is this a paper tiger? Is this a real tiger? Okay. Um, what's the worst thing that could happen right now? A lot of us don't want to have that conversation with ourselves. We're terrified of the answer, Right. When it was my daughter, you know, at the beginning of her diagnosis, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, the worst thing that could happen is she could lose her life because we don't have this under control or we're not managing it correctly or we miss something. That's a damn tiger, guys. Like, that's a real tiger. We often don't want to go there because we're terrified of the answer. Okay. Let's use weight for a second. Let's say weight is our tiger. Okay. Which eh, 
that's debatable. I really think weight is the outcome of not dealing with tigers, but just go, we'll go with this for a second. Okay. Ask yourselves when it comes to my weight, what is the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? That's a very debatable topic, isn't it? Because depending on who you are, your weight could be life-threatening. Your weight could be, you know, it's, um, it hinders you. It's in the way you don't like it, but it may not be life-threatening for some people, depending on where they are on the scale and how it's affecting their body. Maybe it is, but you have to be willing to go there. And those are the kind of conversations you need to be having with yourself. It's like, okay, this is what I weigh. We can't dwell on how it happened and how I got here, but what is the worst thing that could happen as a result? And if your answer scares the shit out of you, then you still have to come up with a plan. You, you cannot continue to run away, to flee. You cannot continue to fight by doing these desperate measures, which leave you feeling exhausted, miserable, burnt out, um, angry. So they don't work. And you can't just freeze and sit there and do nothing with your wet blanket all wrapped around you. But if you're not willing to recognize the tiger, how the hell are you ever going to have a plan to fix it? So what is the worst thing that could happen right now? So when I was having that moment with the meetings and the, the project and all that mess, it was like, what's the worst thing that could happen right now? The worst thing that could happen right now is... I don't, I miss my deadline and I get people a little bit pissed off with me. Does my work speak for itself? Yes. Um, do I normally miss deadlines? No. What's the other worst thing that could happen? This is before Frank came home and like saved the day for me. <laughs> uh, the worst thing that could happen is my son is awake during this call. Okay. And like, Will it be a little bit distracting? Yeah. Am I going to be able to deliver my best presentation? Maybe not. But am I going to die? Is anyone going to be hurt? Is anyone going to care about this a week from now when everything is finished? No. But you have to be willing to go there. And so many emotional eaters aren't willing to go there about their feelings. They're not willing to go there and have the scary conversations. You know, It was a very hard pill to swallow for me knowing if my daughter's blood sugar goes too low, the ultimate consequence is she dies. I couldn't even say, I couldn't even say it out loud. But if I can't, here's, here's, the, here's where that can be dangerous, right? When we don't have these conversations and face the tiger is this. If I don't like admit that to myself and have that conversation with myself, and her blood sugar does go to a dangerously low level, how am I going to know what to do? I won't know what to do because I'll be too scared because I never wanted to face it in the first place. And I tell people we have to carry um, a hypo pen with us. Basically, it's it's like it's kind of like an EpiPen that if she was to go too low and she was unresponsive, you jam that thing in her, it shoots her blood sugar up, you call 911, you get to the hospital. When I have to tell people that and I see the fear in their face, whether it's, you know, caretakers at school or whatever, 
I always tell people, this is to prepare, not to scare. It is to prepare, not to scare. Because I would feel more scared if, God forbid, that happened and I don't know what to do. But we can't, these feelings, this uneasiness, these things that we have going on are paper tigers in and of itself because we're not willing to even stand there and face it and come up with what we need to do, okay? So always ask yourself, when you're starting to feel that, it, when that adrenaline, you know that it just washes over you. You feel it go all the way down your body. Your heart starts racing. You start sweating. For some people, I know for me too, the tears start welling up because it's like all this energy just has to get out of my body. Is this a real or paper, is this a real tiger or is this a paper tiger? Okay. And what is the worst thing that could happen? The next question is, what can I control and what can I let go of? Okay, so what can I control? When I think back to Kat, it's like I can control how much I learn about this disease. I can control knowing and arming myself with as much information and knowledge as possible so that I can give her the best care that she needs. That's what I can control. I can't sit and worry and stress about what might or could happen or may never happen, right? So I need to let that go. You have to be able to let go of what you have no control over. And that's easier said than done. I know that. Trust me, I know that, <laughs> you know, and when you've got a stressful situation in your life and maybe that's causing you to hit this plateau with your weight or has caused you to gain a ton of weight, the only way to have a plan that's going to realistically get the weight off, that's going to make you feel good about yourself is to face your tigers, to ask yourself these questions. What part of this can I control? Especially when you get into the, the blame game of like, well, if it wasn't for COVID, I, I wouldn't have gained weight. Well, if it wasn't for divorce, I wouldn't have gained Well, if it wasn't for, you know, losing my job. Well, if it was no, 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 no. Those were your reactions to very real problems. So, okay, so let's say you lose your job. It's horrible. It sucks. Been there. I know what it feels like. But what can you control? about that process. What can you let go? And when you think about food and emotional eating, sometimes what we put in our mouth is the only thing we have control over. That's it. So those are really important questions that you have to be willing, you gotta be willing to go there and learn how to manage your own emotions. The next piece of what to do is we recognize the tigers, we ask ourselves these questions, right? And we decide, because it's a decision, we decide that we have to be in the moment now. And we have to be in the moment and stand, that, that tiger is right there staring you down, right? Big old teeth coming out. It is just staring you down, girl. You have to be in that moment even when you are uncomfortable with your situation in life and you don't like your behavior. 
because it's so easy for you to just run away, avoid, deny, and go into the flight mode. We're not going to be aggressive about, you know, that, that extreme aggression with like fighting and desperate dieting. And it's like, we've got to find that middle ground where we're facing, we're willing to go there. We're having these hard conversations. And sometimes the conversations have to be had with other people, right? Sometimes it's not just with ourselves. We have to be willing to go there and stare that tiger down and be present even when we don't like our situation because the only way you're going to get through something is through something. <laughs> I mean, wow, so profound, right? <laughs> like the only way through something is through something. You cannot go under it. You cannot go around it. You cannot go beside it because as long as you continue to do that, you will never fix or resolve or come to terms with the problem. So that tiger standing there, you've got to go through it. You go around it, you run away from it, it's still there, okay? So when I think about this, being in the moment, even though you're anxious, you're depressed, you're not where you want to be, you're not happy with, you know, you've got a stressful situation going on, you've got to feel those feels. Like you've got to feel the feelings, you have to be in the moment, you have to just here's the key. You don't have to accept that this is your reality forever. You have to acknowledge that this is where I am. Okay. It's just like when you've gained a shit ton of weight, right? And your first, your like fight or flight instinct is, okay, I'm going to throw the food out. I'm going to desperate diet. I'm going to lose 10 pounds in two days. And I'm going to like starve myself and take la like you go into these extremes, the fight mode, right? Because to acknowledge and sit in that feels really shitty. And it's not supposed to feel good. It feels really bad, right? To look in the mirror, to see the weight gain, and to know at the end of the day, sometimes it's hard to acknowledge this. Um, I caused this. This is how I reacted to stressors in my life. This was my coping skill. This was my flight, okay? So... When you're in that moment of, I'm not happy where I am, I don't like this, but I've got to go through this. Inaction will always breed anxiety. Sitting around doing nothing will always breed anxiety. So it's like, okay, I may not like where I am. I may not like where I look. I don't have to accept this. There's a difference between acceptance and acknowledgement. You need to acknowledge your situation and acknowledge this is where I am. I've gained weight. I don't like it. But sitting around blaming myself, talking shit to myself, beating myself up is not going to solve anything. I'm here and I'm here now. I don't have to accept this as my new normal. I have to acknowledge that this is just the path that I'm on right now and I get to control whether I stay on it or whether I make a new path. So it's so important to use your words because people say, well, just accept it. Just No, you don't have to accept anything. You can acknowledge something and acknowledging something that you don't like 
is giving yourself space to face it head on because you can't, you can't do anything with that tiger unless you're acknowledging that it's even standing there in the first place. Okay. So inaction will always breed anxiety and action will always alleviate anxiety. Whenever I'm sitting at my desk and I just feel like, oh my God, like I've got so much to do. And I'm like my, I feel like my creativeness has like drained out of me for the day. It's like, okay, all that stuff that you're trying to force yourself to get done, you need to get up, go outside, change your scenery, change your space. And sometimes it means shut the shit down and start over tomorrow. Because have you ever noticed sometimes when you're stressed and you have something you need to do and it takes you, let's say it takes you three hours, something that when you're fresh, you're, you're fresh, um, you're not feeling all kinds of anxiety and feelings like that. It normally takes you an hour. It's just crazy to me how much perspective you can get when you just get up, get away from your surroundings, take a break. And sometimes when we say this, it's not just for five minutes, 10 minutes. It might be, I need to step away for a week, right? And I did that last week. Like on a whim, my daughter was on spring break and we just decided like me and the kids went to DC and had like this little mini road trip vacation. It was, it was awesome. So sometimes we just have to step away from our surroundings get outdoors. I cannot stress to you how important that is for your mental health. Take a walk outside. It does wonders. Take a walk outside, get outdoors, look at nature and just, just sit in that. Get out of your own way. Go make dates with friends, be social. You've got to still continue to do things that fill you up. Even if you don't like the situation you're in right now. Okay. And the last piece of what to do is we're recognizing the tigers. We're asking ourselves those questions. We're going to be present and acknowledge the behavior and our situation in life, even if we don't like it. And next, here's what you really have to understand. You cannot change your actions until you change your thoughts. So we might have these knee jerk reaction, you know, thoughts that pop into our head. And we can decide, say, wait a second, this thought that just came into my head, you know, we all get it, right? Three o'clock in the morning, you pop out of bed. Oh my God, I didn't fill out the form. Oh my God, I forgot to do this. And let me tell y'all, the last couple of weeks, I've dropped the ball on a couple of things because I've been, um, I've been over my limit, let's just say, with my, my, what's on my plate. And I've dropped the ball on like a couple of things because of that. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I didn't do this. It's like, okay, I had that thought. Is this a paper tiger? Is this a real tiger? That's where we first start to say, I can change this thought. I can redirect it. And you have those conversations with yourself. Because until you change your thoughts, understand this. Your thoughts drive your feelings. Your feelings drive your actions, right? So it's very simple stuff. I have a thought. Oh my God, I can't believe I gained this weight back. How do I now feel? I feel anxious. I feel pissed. I feel um, hopeless. Okay. And when I feel anxious, pissed, and hopeless, how do you think I'm going to act as a result? 
am I going to go downstairs and start my day with a, you know, a big thing of water and go for a walk outside? No, I'm probably going to like roll out of bed, not take care of myself and say, F it. I could just eat whatever. Cause apparently it never works anyway. So your thoughts, thoughts, feelings, actions, and your thoughts, you don't have to keep the thoughts that you're having. You, that's where this redirection comes into play where it's like, you know, oh my God, I can't believe I gained all this weight. All right, cool. You had that thought and now you get to decide, okay, first and foremost, is this a paper tiger, real tiger? Have that conversation. Now I'm going to redirect that. I'm going to acknowledge, yep, I've, I gained some weight. Let's say, you, you know, you're like, yep, I gained 20 pounds back. I did. And it's just neutral. Like you're neutralizing the negativity. You're neutralizing the inner fat bitch conversation because you're still acknowledging I gained 20 pounds, but what you're not going to do is you're not going to start the inner fat bitch, you know, session of, I can't believe I did this. I'm such a loser. Here I go again, blah, blah. We're not doing that. So then you say, okay, yep, here I am. And how do you feel about that? You don't have to feel good about it. You don't even have to feel, you don't definitely don't have to feel happy about it. You don't have to feel good about it. But you can feel, even if it's a step right above hopeless, pissed, and when I say hopeless, pissed, and angry, whatever it was, what if now you just feel pissed? Okay, I feel pissed off about this. I'm angry about it. Now you get to decide what those actions are going to be. Because being pissed off is not such a bad thing, you guys. Being pissed off can actually drive actions for good. It can also drive actions for bad. We know that. So the whole point in this is you are disrupting the pattern. You are taking a wrench and throwing it in this wheel that just keeps turning for you. Yo-yo diet, body hate, shame cycle. Yo-yo diet, body hate, shame cycle. And you're throwing a wrench in it and saying, uh-uh. We're going to first have a conversation with ourselves and redirect what the hell's going on. Because we don't have to allow these paper tigers to take us down. And that no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult, please know that it will get better. It will improve. This too shall pass. This is just, again, is why I say just acknowledge it. Don't accept it. You can acknowledge it. And it will get better and, and it will get better so long as you learn how to self-regulate, how to manage your emotions. Do not let your emotions manage you. And that's what so many people are doing. And it's why you're caught in this vicious cycle. We get to decide how we want to feel. We get to decide how we want to show up. We get to decide whether that's a bullshit thought and whether we want to just say, uh-uh, we're not doing that today, right? Sometimes you look in the mirror and you'll have that, that nasty thought about yourself. Okay, so am I going to just roll with that for the rest of the day? Or am I going to say, no, we're not doing this anymore. This is not, we're not going to think like this. 
And you might be having, like sometimes I say, like I'm having a a fat, ugly day, okay? (laughs) Like it just is what it is where no matter what you do, you don't feel your best. You don't like the way you look. But do you feel that way all the time? No. So it's just a bad day. It's just like pictures. People get one picture back of themselves and normally we're tagged in it without, Lord help us. We get tagged in this like hideous picture, this horrible, you know, pose or caught off guard, whatever. And we think, oh my God, I look like this. No, you looked like that in a picture because someone just took a shitty picture of you. But you can't base all of your feelings off that one picture, right? It's, it's kind of like that. So, you know, paper tigers, real tigers, knowing the difference, knowing what to do, how to respond to them, um, and knowing that you have a decision, you have a choice to make, and that choice is completely up to you. And we don't have time to sit around anymore and waste thinking about what you could have done, what you should have done, what you need to do. Just start doing it. You start now. It just starts now. So I think that's that's going to be it on this topic. So if you do like this episode or any episode on the podcast, would you please head over to Apple Podcast and show some support? You can leave a rating and review, and that helps me to understand what you guys are liking. It also helps other people to find the podcast in the algorithm. And, you know, that's it's just a really good way to show your support for, for the stuff, the the podcast episodes that are out here. You can also catch up with me on Instagram. That is my most used social media. Um, I also have the Facebook group, the discussion group for the podcast. All of that is linked in the show notes. You can find all of that there. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And until the next one, stay irresistible. Bye guys.